It's time for another power-packed episode of Headspace with Dr. Mike. Each week, Dr. Mike is committed to addressing real life, sometimes polarizing and controversial issues, while offering practical and informed insight. Listen in as we discuss hot topics that matter to us and the communities we live in. What's up, Headspacers? It's time for another Headspace with Dr. Mike. What's up, Christy? Good morning. Look at her with her lettucey bun on yes, her head. I choose you. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, lettucey is my absolutely favorite artist. I get it. I, I love get her. It. She is an instrument. She is. She is. She is a total vibe. I a get total that. Total vibe. Mm-hmm. I get that. I appreciate that. Anyway, we are in the studio. You'll notice that there's a voice you're not hearing. Thank God. <laughs> because <laughs> our other conspirator. Good. That's a good. That's a good call. A good <laughs> Chris is not in the station with us today. He is out celebrating in, I think he's in New York City or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. giving all, I give all the business on this thing. Jeez. You ain't allowed to have any business. Lord have mercy. Just today. <laughs> <laughs> just tell it all. So anyway, if y'all looking for Chris, he's out there with his boo celebrating her birthday. Speaking of birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big week. It is. So, my mom's birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday, mama. My mom's birthday is tomorrow. So, we're going to wish her a happy birthday. Happy birthday, mama. Well, Pamela to most of y'all, but she's still mama to me. (laughs) And then on Wednesday is Ariel. That's my baby sister's birthday. So, she's celebrating her birthday on Wednesday. That's another one. Uh Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Ariel. By the way, it's National Siblings Day. It is. Yep, so, you know, how apropos to wish my uh, beautiful sibling a happy birthday. And, you know, I have other siblings. I'll talk about that in a few moments. And then... Oh, Lord. Where's the drum roll? A week from today, uh-huh. we will be celebrating yet another, another full revolution. No. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. Another full revolution around the sun in the form of Dr. Mike's birthday. It is my birthday next Saturday. Yes, it is. I'm not sure what they have planned for it, but anyway, it's my birthday, so I guess I'm the one that probably has to plan that show, huh? Yeah, we'll celebrate you next Saturday. (laughs) So anyway, it is my birthday, so needless to say, this is a fun week. It's the birthday week, the birthday turn up, and uh, glad we get to celebrate with you all here at the beautiful headquarters of Elevation Global Media in Towson, Maryland. Christy, what you got for us? What you got for us? Oh, my goodness. Okay, busy week. I tell you... You know, I don't, the news never fails us. No, no. But unfortunately, we have to start with some very sad news. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, I'm sure by now everybody's learned about the passing of DMX. Oh, DMX. Oh, man. I'm, that, I was really, I'm sure I'm not alone, but we were really praying that he was going to pull through mm-hmm. despite the prognosis, the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not what the Lord had planned. No, And no. it's so sad. But you know what does give me assurance is the pain and anguish that he was experiencing this later part of his life. Mm-hmm. He's not experiencing that now, and we do know that he has a relation. He had a relationship with Jesus, yes. right? So, yes. I mean, that Made is that documented. Well and, yes. You know, I mean, unless he was lying, he actually has documented that you know he knows who Jesus is and has a relationship. And so, we know to be absent from the body is to be present with the, present Lord. With the Lord. So, um, so with that, what a loss. that gives me hope, though. But it's still sad because. 
Christy, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, man, our icon, like our legends of who we grew up with, mm -hmm. they're passing away. And I look at that and think about our parents. You know, we watched the verses last week. Right. Right. And the Ozzy brothers, the Earth, Red, and Wild, I mean, they are tick they're heading into the 80s, you know, and all the, the Queen, you know, by the way, you know, the Queen's husband, he passed away, right. Prince Philip, 99, mm -hmm. right? But it's like, it seems like our people are dying in their 40s, their 50s. I mean, DMX was just 50 years old. 50 years old, Mike. It, it's, it's, I mean, if you take a catalog of the, of the icons we have lost mm -hmm. in the last, I would say, seven to eight years, mm -hmm. it is staggering. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. staggering. But I, the, the thing that gives me, you know, joy, a sense of joy is what they left. They left behind their, you know, their, their work, their, um, their creativity. I mean, they made an impact in the world. And thank God we have that to, to listen mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. watch. You know, it's just, wow. Yeah. This, this year kicked off with Sicily and it's, it's, yeah. it's rolling. It's, it's definitely, Ooh. it's definitely rolling. But, you know, I was sitting there thinking, man, you know, that's, th that's two. I wonder what the third is going because you know they're always coming threes. That. <laughs> You're no, right, no, no, though. No. Uh -uh. Let's keep that into the that. airways. That's You're right. right. In the That's name right. of Jesus. All right. What else you got for us? Well, we got to talk about the trial. Oh, yeah. The Chauvin, Chauvin trial. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was quite an impactful day at the, in the trial yesterday. The ME uh, gave his testimony, and I did not watch it. I and, purposely. And so that, as listeners know, ME is medical. Uh, medical examiner. Yep. Uh, and he, he testified mm -hmm. about. The cause, his opinion, his expert opinion, I should say, of the cause of uh, George Floyd's death. And he said, it, basically, it was murder. Uh -huh. He said he still classifies it as homicide. Here, he said he did it then. And he does it and now. And he does it today. So nothing's changed a year later. And I, I'm glad I did not watch it live. I, I heard just from, you know, reading posts and, you know, little uh, headlines here and there, just how graphic it, it was. Uh -huh. And I, I, you know, I protect my peace. Protect you gotta protect your peace yes. around these parts. But you know, I was listening to some commentator and he was talking about the strategy that the prosecution used mm -hmm. because what they did was they actually had medical experts testify first and then had the medical examiner. So it was almost like the it's experts were kind of priming mm -hmm. the pump. Mm -hmm. And then when the medical examiner got in, it was like, all right, now remember all that stuff that we were telling you about? Bam, here's mm -hmm. what. He said, as opposed to if they had him do it first, then it may not have been as strong. That's, that's what the pundits on TV were saying. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's it's very damning. And, and what about the part where he apparently asked for the jury to touch where their windpipe, I mean, their, um, their uh, your back mm -hmm. is your, you know, your spine. Mm -hmm. And he had them touch those areas of their body to, to actually understand mm -hmm. physically what uh, Floyd was going through. Mm -hmm. and, and it... Wow, just brilliant strategy. Yes. I, I mean, I know it's an art to this, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. prosecution, but I think so far they have done an outstanding job. Yeah. Outstanding job. You know, and, and, and make sure, Headspacers, I want you to make sure you understand that in this situation, I don't think anybody's refuting the fact that, actually, I, I don't even think the defense is refuting the fact that um, he died, right? But I think they're trying to say that it wasn't Chauvin's fault that he died. And but I don't think anybody's refuting that. I don't think anybody's trying to refute that Chauvin went over the line, but they're just trying to basically defend him and say that he didn't cause the murder. That's what it sounds like. That's the argument that they're going for. Do you do you think so? Yeah, they can. Right. I'm not right. I'm I not mean, either. I, I know that I have a, some bias here. I, sure. I, I recognize sure. that. But I also can acknowledge facts. And yeah. I can also 
seem like, oh, they have a good point there. Yeah. I haven't seen a good point. I haven't either. Uh, I'm still yeah. waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting too. Mm. Well, they said that um, they're thinking that um, the prosecution will, will wrap their case up. If they didn't yesterday, they will early next week, and the defense will have an opportunity to share their side. Because remember, here in America, That's you right. are innocent until proven guilty. That's right. And it's not the court of public opinion that um, declares that. It is the court of law. So, you know, our prayer is just that justice will be served. Absolutely. And um, the family can get some kind of closure and begin some closure to this whole process. Because can you imagine the what country, they're going through? The country. You know what? You're right. The country. Yeah, Amen. Do you, you got... want to go to this last one or you want to wait? Let's wait on that Okay. One. We I think we're going to wait on that. You know, we're going to let Crystal pay some bills for us. Yes. And we'll come on back. <laughs> 2020 gave birth to a lot of endeavors. Here in 2021, everyone has had to get in touch with their inner producer. Our man, Garrett Brace, is one of those guys you need on your team. We at Headspace with Dr. Michael clients of his as he ensures all of our audio files are crisp, clean, and cool. If you have any audio, video, and even lighting needs, hit them up at GWalt Services on Instagram. Remember, GWalt Services, servicing all your audio, video, and lighting needs. So, Christy, I did a thing yesterday. What's that? What's that? I booked our flights mm. for vacation. I'm talking about my family, like Chevelle and Mike and mine. Mm-hmm. So we are going, we're doing a Dorsey's with the Williams. So like Chevelle's family, like her side of the family. And okay. then my side of the family, my mom and dad and sister are joining us and we're doing a, like a like, re- little reunion. We right? really are. Okay. It's going to be kind of fun. We're doing it later this summer. So we're going to be in, we're going to be in Florida. It's going to be hot. You know, we're mm-hmm. going to sweat the pounds off, but mm-hmm. It's all good because it's, it's an opportunity for us to just be together. I'm I'm planning on just hanging out by a pool. They have something in my hand, in a in a cup, uh-huh. a red some, cup, some Kool Aid, <laughs> <laughs> some iced tea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> may or may not have been ran through Long Island. I'm just saying. <laughs> I can't, look, I don't. I can't plan that far. All right. But what I can tell you, what I can tell you. Is I am looking forward to vacation. I'm sure you are. Um, you know, and some people will say, man, that's a luxury. You know, get, after what we went through this year, I consider that a necessity. And what I want to talk to you all about is the power of rest. My God. That's a the power right of rest. My mom asked me last week, um, she asked me last week, she said, you know, I was telling her about some things that I was working on, projects I was working on. And she said, baby, she said, when is your Sabbath? And I was like, it's Sunday. I mean, you know, I, you know, I go to church. She said, yeah, that's not work. That's work, though. Because, you know, you involved in ministry. You know, Sundays, we don't, we don't go to church just to go to church. Like, we get our word later on because we working. That's you know, right. we working, right? And she was like, no, when are you able to actually, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but what I took from that was unplug from work. Like, you're always working on something. When is your Sabbath? And I thought about that and said, I don't really have one. Because seriously, I work Monday through Friday, day job. Plus in the evenings, I'm working, you know, we're getting ready for this. I'm doing some other side projects and stuff like that. Saturday, we're doing this. I mean, I, while I don't consider this work. But it's not unplugged time. It's not unplugged time. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to stay, I mean, we have to stay engaged at least through, what, 12 o'clock, 12, 12.30, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I kind of veg a little bit Saturday afternoon if we don't have anything to do. And then Sunday, you know, we go into, and then you start, by the time the afternoon, early evening goes, you start ramping up, getting ready for the next week. Mm -hmm. 
And I realized, man, I really don't have time to rest. I haven't made time. I haven't made time to rest. You know what? I appreciate you saying that because that's good. That That is actually a good thought. And, and that goes into what I'm talking about is that there is power in it. Um, as I had in the year 43, right, one of the things that I am being reminded of is the fragility of life. I mean, as we just talked about it, we're losing folk are dying at younger ages. And let's not get started about what the pandemic did, right? Um, the fact is that I think, and I don't know, maybe this is just because of the age that I'm getting to, that I'm starting to recognize my immortality. My mortality, not immortality. <laughs> Earlier, I, you know, I think we were younger, we kind of just didn't think about it. But now it's like, oh, man, you know, this can actually happen. I mean, I, I think about some people that <clears throat> very healthy, 45, 46, dying of heart attacks, you know? And when you start looking at it, it's like they don't take that time to rest. And so, you know, one of the things I was, I was, I was told a long time ago was that job that you work so hard at, at the end of the day, if you were to die, people would be sad for a couple minutes, you know, maybe. You know, they may, they may dedicate a, a day a potluck to you. An email. A e- there definitely will be an email mm-hmm. in lieu of flowers. You know, some people may donate to a scholarship, so somebody may get an extra book paid for in college as a result of that. Mm-hmm. But within eight weeks, your 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 replacement will be hired, and they may, you know, until they get hired, your workspace may still be called your workspace, right? But that's it. Like, and what do you have to show for it? You know, and so I think one of the things I want to make sure that we're thinking about. Um, is what is the power of rest? I mean, think about it. God, when he created the world, he even set aside a day of rest. He actually said, you know, on the seventh day, he rested. And now, you got to be careful because, you know, I have some theology folk who may say, well, we don't know if it was a literal 24-day, if it was a month, if it was a year. Like, we don't know how long. I get it. But the point is, he made it known. He did all this work for six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And there's something to that. Right? There's something to that. And so um, I remember back when I first graduated from college um, and I got first got diagnosed with sleep apnea. And, and, and Chris, it was crazy because <clears throat> um, like clockwork, what would happen is I would go to bed at night and I really wouldn't feel like I was resting, right? Mm-hmm. And I would wake up, kind of feel more tired than I did when I went to sleep, right? If anybody has sleep apnea, you know what I'm talking about. And about 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the afternoon, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to talk about this, but I would literally fall asleep at my desk mm-hmm. at work, like to the point where I actually have some ties where there are candy stains because I drooled. Oh my I, was, I was eating candy to stay awake. Like wow. it, was, it was real bad. It was, it was a whole thing. One day I'll tell you all about the whole thing. But it was, I mean, I was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting in a meeting and I would like doze off real quick. <laughs> Funny now, it's, it's crazy back then. And somebody was like, wait, did you just fall asleep? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm like, Mike, you just fell asleep and was mid-snore. <laughs> oh and it was it was one of those things. And so when I finally went to the doctor, the doctor was like, well, explain the sleep apnea. And said, basically, our bodies have to go through a whole cycle. It's a whole process, right? And what happens with sleep apnea is you get up to this point where your body basically goes into full rest, where the rest actually happens, where the rest occurs. And because you're so rested, your muscles relax, and that's where the choking happens. So basically, a person with sleep apnea, 
they're not snoring, they're choking, like they're gasping for air. Like it's not, it's not like it's just a, oh, that's cute, he has a little snore. No, they're trying to stay alive, right, basically. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is as a result of doing that, you have to go back through the process over again, which in turn, you wake up, you haven't gotten any rest. And what was happening with me was about 2 or 2.30, my body was saying, look, I have to reboot. Like, I have to reboot. I have to recharge because you cannot sustain and do anything else until you reboot. Think about what I just said, y'all. Think about computers. How about this? You know, computers, we were having a situation with, you ever have a situation with your computer where all of a sudden you're trying to make things work, it's not working, and so you hit a restart? And I restart, I've done that. Well, I've restarted and it's still sluggish. And so what I'll do is I'll just shut it down, let it rest for a little bit. And maybe a couple hours go back, bam, it's working fine. Why? It may have been overheating. It may, I mean, think about, we have all these examples in our lives of the power of rest. That's a word, Mike. And so one of the things I want to make sure you're thinking about is you're heading into this springtime. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about reengaging the world and culture. Really recognize the power of rest because it is something that is extremely important for all of us. That's my heads up for today. We invite you to become a sponsor of the Headspace with Dr. Mike show. There are a few amazing reasons for you to become a sponsor. Your sponsorship will help fund future programs and special events. And as a special thank you for your contribution, you will receive a special gift. We will announce safe and secure ways you can sponsor the show soon. Thank you in advance for your support. Sir. You know, what are your thoughts on how everything is like starting to come back to life after COVID? Like what what are, what are you thinking? Like um are you excited about it? Are you <coughs> encouraged by it? Are you kind of nervous about it? Like what what are your thoughts? I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not excited about it. I mean, obviously <coughs> I miss seeing friends and family the way that I could in the past. I do have some, it's not a fear, uh, but caution. I, I really don't feel as though we are where everyone thinks we are going. And I think that there, there may be some unfortunate repercussions to opening things back up mm-hmm. the way that, you know, states are doing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm still practicing caution, which mm-hmm. I'm hoping others are doing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not, I mean... Not excited. I'm. A, I'm just cautious. Mm-hmm. I'm cautious. Mm-hmm. I guess it probably has a lot to do with my current status. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But of you know, just very, very cautious about going back the, the way that we were before. I agree. I don't even think that's what God wants us to do. I agree with that. You know, it's funny you say that because <clears throat> we're talking about that. Like the country is actually going into this place where things. Are th- I think they're saying Georgia's get ready to get rid of the mask thing. What I don't understand is. All right, I get it. You want to open things up, open the capacity, but then like you make it a point to say we're going maskless, like as if the mask is a, I don't know. I we can talk about that till we turn blue. I think for me, one of the things I was encouraged by is um, one of my coworkers when we, you know, at work, you know, for the state government. One of the things we were talking about is what will reopening look like, and one of the things he did was he corrected us and said, well, actually, we never closed. You know, there were still things that were still happening. And I mean, you know, while we were working from home, there were clients were getting, I mean, there were things that were still happening. So he called it more of a re-engagement. And I really appreciated that because I think about, you know, we're working in church. Church never closed. There were services on Sundays 
any other like any other time they just were different. It's re-engagement, right? And um, a friend of mine was posting <clears throat> about what are some things that you hope to take into our re-engagement that you kind of picked up along the way in the in the lockdown, right? For me, I really love the fact that like my family, we were having dinner together every night and we really had time to sit down. You know, my son loves Blackish, and there are times where we just sit and watch Blackish. Like, we actually had a lot of quality time, and I wasn't really caught up in the wet rat race. You know, um, here on the East Coast, we move fast. Like, we it's really a fast pace. You know, having lived in Ohio for 13 years, there is a difference, believe it or not. And just being able to be in a position where we slow down. I'm looking forward to taking that into the re-engagement. Like, what does that look like? Like, actually setting boundaries, saying no to some things, right? No mind. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. some things that I'm going. I'm taking in it. What are some things you're going to take into you when we go into our re-engagement? You really you hit on some of the exact things I was going to say. Boundaries. I think you know you mentioned about being a part of ministry and having different projects that you're working on and doing certain things, and that just encompasses your entire life and. You're so busy saying yes and doing a million things that you haven't set the time to rest. You talked about it in your heads up, mm-hmm. you know, for yourself, for your family, uh, for your friends. I mean, just for the things that really, truly matter. Mm-hmm. And I really, I've always appreciated my family and friends, but this really allowed me to, to truly, I mean, just the, the, I think I'm more grateful you know, now than I was prior. And I'd like to think I was pretty grateful before, Mm -hmm. but just knowing all that has transpired in the Mm -hmm. last year, all the lives lost, Mm -hmm. all the families that are now, as my husband says all the time, there's a missing, you know, there's an empty seat at the table at dinner time, you know, just appreciating the relationships and and really doing your first ministry at home and, and ministering to those relationships and restoring the ones that are broken, you know. Mm-hmm. So, my my intention is to continue having that gratefulness uh, factor and and maintaining that, you know, throughout the rest of my life. And saying no, the power of no. The power of no, right? Yes. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, and and that's something that you know I was kind of thinking about. It was kind of on my heart about that. Was what are we taking into as we're thinking about what this? You're right. We're not going back to what it was like. Like we're just not. There's a, and you're right. I, I don't believe God wants us that way. I believe there's some things that He really allowed this to happen so it could kind of show us some other things and there's some opportunities that are there. Um, and you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who was talking about how their kids want to go back to virtual school, and I was like, "But wait a minute, weren't they like chomping at the bit to go back to regular school?" They're like, "Yeah," but I think when they got back, they were disappointed because they thought it was going to be what it was mm. when they left. My God, interesting. And and so once they got back and real, and now granted, I mean, there's, all, I mean, just going through the airport nowadays is not what it used to be because I mean, you got the mask going, you you got this extra level of scrutiny. Lines are a lot appear to be longer and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not that. And so now, what does that look like? So yeah, make sure you're thinking, taking some time, headspacers. What is it that you? kind of picked up along the way, that was a good thing that you're hoping to take into, uh, you know, what is it? Um, we're going to call it AC after COVID. After, <laughs> I like that. I like the that. after COVID era. So anyway, all right, we got you, Crystal. 
Our world is filled with polarizing topics that land most people on one side or the other. The Headspace with Dr. Mike team isn't afraid to take them on. Monthly, we will invite people on both sides of some of the most controversial topics from the serious to the silly to debate their positions. We look forward to charged discussions that will inform and entertain. DM your head-to-head show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook at Headspace DM. So we're talking about this re-engagement thing, and one of the things that kind of came up as a result of the lockdowns, the quarantine, people kept on just saying, look, people's mental state is going to be different. And I can get that. You know, for me, I was okay because I was with Shirella and Mike. It was the two of us every day. We were kind of interacting with each other. But I can only imagine what it's like for people that either A, didn't have anybody to interact with, or B, the situation at home was not the best, right? And uh, so with that, I wanted to make sure we invited somebody who kind of deals with that area, Patsy Cunningham. Patsy Cunningham, how are you this morning? I am great in yourself. You know, we're doing great, doing great. <coughs> Please, y'all, by the way, y'all, this is not the COVID. This is this is definitely the allergy season, <coughs> and I have something in my throat. It's okay. Listen, you you go ahead and get your cough on. Because I, I have had the cough. I mean, I haven't had the cough, but I've had the sneezing and the watering and itching eyes. So I totally understand. But, Patsy, we are so appreciative of you joining us this morning and sharing your insight on mental health. Yeah, so you are a mental therapist. And before we go any further, I want to ask you a question. What is something that you kind of picked up along the way in our state of quarantine, lockdown, pandemic response that you're hoping to take into the reengagement process? Like when when life, you know, kind of opens back up, what is Mm -hmm. something that you kind of picked up along the way that you're like, you know what? I like that. I wasn't doing that before. I want to do this and make sure that's incorporated into my normal life. What is something that you would say that you picked up? Um, honestly, just having more balance, like more kind of work-life balance since Mm -hmm. I work from home now, Mm -hmm. you know, there's been a great emphasis on, okay, you're spending way too much time not, you know, taking breaks, not, you know, making sure that you log off on time. So, you know, when I was in the original space of being in the office, you know, I was state late hours and, Mm -hmm. you know, now I'm actually noticing like you literally work all day, like Mm -hmm. you have to stop. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know, just being more intentional with self-care and taking care of myself and, you know, just trying to have some balance. So. I love that. I love that. So you're a mental health therapist here in in, in Maryland, right? And right. Um, what exactly do you do in that area? Like what got you, uh, and with that, what also got you into that field? Sure. So yes, I'm a licensed professional counselor um, and, you know, it's also referred to as a licensed mental health therapist. And so I actually provide psychotherapy to patients, adults, as well as minors. Um, And, you know, I diagnose. So, you know, if someone is having a psychotic episode, you know, I can provide psychotherapy to them. Um, I work with psychiatrists as well as other, you know, individuals that are typically like on an integrated interprofessional team. Um, So that is what I do for my uh, private practice. I have my own private practice, um, Dedicated Hearts. And um, I started doing this, 
because, you know, I really had like a desire to kind of figure out, you know, what made people kind of behave and think the way that they thought. Like growing up, I grew up in, you know, East Baltimore on Huffman Street. And I saw a lot of people who had substance use disorders and, you know, appeared to just like always be upset or just like, you know, be down. And so when I just really, when I start, as I grew up, I started to notice that, you know, it's something a little bit more than somebody's having a bad day. So, you know, I went to Bowie and I took some classes and, you know, I majored in psychology for my undergrad degree. And, you know, from there, I was like, you know, I have to go back because I really want to help people who look like me and from the same communities. And so here I am. I There's a couple of things you said there. First of all, I'm looking across the the the, the station at another um, HBCU grad, Morgan, over here. Uh, okay. That's Christy. That's Christy. You are the best. <laughs> so that's definitely got that appreciate appreciate appreciation there. But you said something. You said somebody looks more like you. Talk about that because that that's a big thing. And, and make sure our, our listeners know what we mean when we say look like you. Right. So look like me as in, you know, they can identify with similar experiences, not necessarily they're African-American or necessarily that they're women, you know, but they come from the communities in which, you know, I came from. Oftentimes when we think about people providing quality care, you think about someone who can empathize with you. You Mm -hmm. think about someone who, you know, understands the different um, challenges um, that, you know, someone may exhibit with being from a community. So for example, when I was doing an internship, I worked with children who, I worked at an um, outpatient mental health clinic and I was working with these young girls who are from Cherry Hill. And so Cherry Hill is, you know, different community, like isolated, you know, is literally like a bridge that prevents people from, you know, just going off of, you know, from that area. And so they, the little girls, they had witnessed murders, you know, and they kind of thought it was funny. Like even when I tried to process it with them, they laughed about it. And so me being from a similar community where there was a lot of violence kind of, you know, occurring, I didn't look at it as, you know, this is something that, you know, we really need to get them on medicine and we really need to do, you know, it was something that was a part similar of the culture of the community in which they were from. And this is how they processed it. And so I think being able to understand the different idiosyncrasies of communities and people Oh, if we lost her, wow! You know, we were really getting into this, it. I know this, this signal probably dropped, but no, she she really started talking about some. I mean, that's that's serious, you know, mm-hmm. because we would think like when she was just mentioning mm-hmm. that particular example, you would think like, what's funny about that? But when mm-hmm. you're surrounded okay. in that culture and it's something that's happening, you know, all the time, and the mm-hmm. people who are doing the murders mm-hmm. find you know that funny or. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's, it's also proverbial. I gotta laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. Right. And for those that don't know, those that don't know, Cherry Hill is a notoriously uh, it's a pretty rough part of Baltimore. Didn't always have. It wasn't always. It wasn't like always that. like that. Right. It, it really has kind of. They've kind of built up a reputation for that. Patsy, I think we got you back. Yes, I'm back. You were you were on a roll, and you were you were talking through um just you you were talking about you know the making. You, you, what I got from some of the, what you were saying was that just because somebody's showing signs of something doesn't mean that they always have to be medicated. It's exactly. uh, yeah. Exactly. So keep on expanding on that because I think that was great. That these conversations talk about these conversations that you're having with these young girls or people in situations like that. Okay, sure. So you know, and having 
just interaction with individuals who, you know, patients or clients, you know, whichever you kind of want to refer to them as, you know, you have to really understand the more the structure of where they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was really trying to ask questions. Don't just assume, you know, even when, you know, you do play therapy with a child and you may be using like, you know, um, painting, you know, so they can create a picture of kind of like their feelings or things that's going on with them. You have to understand what is symbolic and what is just something that is, you know, some a representation of where they're from. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was hinting at a bit on, you know, sometimes children may process things a little bit differently, but it doesn't mean that they're experiencing some type of psychotic break or some type of psychosis. You really have to understand, okay, is this a learned behavior or is this really a psychological disorder that they are experiencing? And so even when working with patients, the majority of my career, I've been working with patients with, um, you know, a dual diagnosis. So these individuals have a substance use as well as a mental health disorder mm -hmm. and working with patients who really don't trust the process. You know, I've had a lot of young women, you know, really question me and say, how can you really help me when I've been in the system since I've been about five years old and so many social workers, so many psychologists told me they were going to help me and they didn't. You know, and so that lack of trust, that inability to thrive because they feel like, you know, somebody's going to let them down again. And it, uh, you know, it really creates a situation where you're stagnant mm -hmm. and you can't really, you know, progress. And so, of course, you have to make sure the people that you're working on a team with. So, you know, I was a mental health therapist. So me speaking, making sure that it was very vital for me to speak to the substance use counselor, for me to speak to the psychiatrist. And if they were on some type of medication assistant treatment to prevent overdose, you know, me speaking to the addiction medicine specialist about, you know, some of the challenges that's preventing them from thriving before we just kind of say that they're a complex patient or they're being resistant or, you know, reporting them to the judge or their probation officer that they're not compliant. So, you know, really just trying to build that rapport with the patient and understanding the communities that they come from and all of the historical trauma that they've been through. So, you know, that has been one of the, my main aims is to really provide quality trauma-informed care when I work with every patient, assuming everyone has experienced some sort of trauma. So, Patsy, um, what are some of the most common challenges that you've seen in the last year, and has that changed since before COVID? Um, so I think recently more people who would have typically been identified as quote, air quote, normal, because what is normal, right? Mm -hmm. They have been experiencing some, you know, more episodic um, depression, as well as some, you know, acute stress disorder. Um, I also will say even with, um, you know, what I do full-time, full-time, I'm a supervisory public health analyst, and I supervise other public health analysts, even people who are those providing services and increasing the health workforce, they're experiencing a lot of situational depression, they're experiencing a lot of anxiety, and so I've seen an increase in, you know, people trying to be transparent about what they're going through. Originally, you know, um, even when I was providing uh, clinical services full time, a lot of people did not want to admit to be struggling with depression or struggling with anxiety because it was a little bit too taboo for them. And they felt like, oh, if you admit that you're, you know, that you are struggling with something, that means that you're crazy or, you know, they used to call it, you're seeing a shrink and, you know, all of these things. So I think people are more open and more honest about what they're going through because it's a little bit more normalized. And so, you know, I am 
actually happy that people are being honest about their feelings because, you know, we've seen that clinician burnout as well as the impact that it's had on children, you know, with being like staying home and doing this virtual learning and not being able to engage and, you know, a lot of social interaction, you know, depression, you know, those spikes as well as just suicide rates and overdose, those are continuously climbing. So, you know, I'm glad to see that people are being honest that they need some help. So. You mentioned something about clinical burnout. I have quite a few friends who are in the counseling therapy field and they've, they've mentioned that to me many, many times. And so is it true that therapists should have a therapist? Cause I can only imagine the download that you, you are, you're getting and how do you, how do you, you know, manage that along with the, you know, everyone, like you say, everyone has challenges So with your, your challenges as well. How do you, what do you, what is the, the common thread for therapists to do? Do they have therapists as well? Yes. Yeah, so I think that, you know, what, you know, when you go through your training, they really encourage to, you know, seek therapy before you provide therapy to someone else, because you want to make sure that there's no um, counter transference. So that's when you are dealing with something, let's say that you have some challenges for, from a trauma or something that you've been through in your life and you're working with a patient was that similar issue. And then you start to project or you start to, you know, get a little bit too personalized with the situation and you can't really help them because you haven't healed from it. So I certainly think that it's very beneficial for everyone to, you know, obtain therapy services if they're able to. Um, I will say while you're providing therapy services, it's especially during the time of COVID, is important to make sure that you interact, you know, and engage with clinical supervision. You have a cohort of your peers that you can, you know, talk to and kind of like, um, you know, do some debrief with after your sessions, because it's a lot, you know, the intensity of the challenges that people are going through during COVID, you know, losing their jobs, losing their loved ones, you know, having to isolate when they typically are very family oriented, um, not really understanding how to help their children. You know, this, this may be the most time that some parents have spent with their children in a long time, because typically you're at work and your child is at school, but be, having to manage your nine to five or how many hours you work and help your child with their homework and juggling all of those things, you know, you feel exhausted, not to mention people who are on the front lines and who are make, you know, being made to work mandatory overtime. I certainly think, you know, they should be utilizing those EAP services. I know there's a lot of resources. Um, I can't necessarily talk about because it's not public information yet, but there's many resources that's coming down from the federal government that's really going to focus on, you know, um, behavior health for providers. You know, you may see it in some of the bills that's been passed um, by the new administration, but, you know, people are paying attention to the impact that um, the behavior health impact that COVID has had on providers as well as laypersons. So, Patsy, thank you for bringing that up because, um, you know, of course, we probably could go hours on this conversation and thank you for spending some time with us. But saying that there are some things that are coming down the pike and it's good to know that, uh, you know, that people are thinking about the future because at some point we are going to re-engage and what is that going to look like? So I do appreciate that. Uh, quick, Really quickly, where could a person, <clears throat> what are resources that may be available? Is there like a a website or something that can kind of get them started in the process if they don't really know where to go? Is there a process? Like, is there somewhere they could go really quickly to kind of get the ball rolling if they don't really know where they should go to seek out some assistance? 
Sure. So, um, you know, for individuals who have insurance, of course, my primary recommendation is to call the number on the back of your card because you want to make sure you don't go outside of your network because um, that can create some financial strains if you do so, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the type of um, insurance you have. Mm-hmm. For those individuals who don't necessarily have um, insurance or they may be, um, they may have like limited insurance, they also can go to their core service agency. Mm-hmm. Um, in Baltimore, it is called the Behavior Health Systems Baltimore mm-hmm. and um, is BHSB that um, I believe it's that org. Okay. I have to double check. But long story short, this um, agency, I actually used to work there before um, I transitioned um, to another agency about four years ago. But this agency provides funding to mental health as well as substance use providers. So if someone doesn't have the ability to pay, you know, they can still link you to services that are free. You know, they give funding to organizations, community-based organizations, um, hospitals, crisis units, all of that. They can address crisis. So if someone is having a crisis, they can address it immediately. Um, also, they can give them information. It doesn't even have to be the patient. It can be the family member of the patient that can assist them. And so I think, you know, that's a remarkable agency that's able that's been able to really help thousands of people, especially during this time. And it's an age is different core service agencies, no matter what state or no matter what um, city you live in, you would just need to, um, you know, probably contact your local health department and they can put you in contact with them. Perfect. 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 Patsy, thank you so much for spending some time with us and we wish you all the best and thank you for the work that you're doing. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Focused on photo, versed in video, for any media brings visions to life from headshots to family shoots, casual candids to structured scenes. Our team can provide whatever you need. In Baltimore, you may have seen us at local events such as the Poly City Tailgate or the Randallstown Romp. You can find us on all social media platforms at the number four, any media. For any media, for anything. Contact us so we can create your next project. Wow. Talk about uh, re-engagement. One thing I want to make sure I'm making an announcement and you're going to hear about this when we get back uh, as we celebrate my birthday next week (laughs) is I'm starting something called 30 and 60. And 30 and 60, for me, I'm challenging myself to lose at least 30 pounds in 60 days. And that's, I mean, that's pretty, I've done it before, but I, there's some things that are going along with it. So I'm doing 30 and 60. And so I want to encourage you as our listeners to join in with me, 30 and 60. May not be weight loss. Maybe it's 30 pages of a book you need to have written. Maybe it's 30 minutes a day of walking. Maybe it's uh, 30 miles of riding your bike. Maybe it's uh, 30 minutes of doing public speaking. I don't know, 30 minutes of yoga, whatever. But I want you to think about 30 and 60. So you're going to have more details about that soon enough. Because mm-hmm, your New Year is kicking off. My New Year is kicking off. Now, see, that you pay attention, Christy. You pay attention. So speaking of that, one of the areas that, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about when they come to their health and reengagement is uh, what we're putting in our bodies. And so our next guests uh, actually have a catering business in Cleveland, Ohio. Candace and Curtis, are y'all there? Yes. yes, we are. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Squash the Beef Catering in Cleveland, Ohio. 
We have, uh, let's see, Curtis Williams and Candace Maiden. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited that you guys got to hang out with us a little bit. And, you know, one of the things we try to do here on Headspace with Dr. Mike is really promote uh, others who are doing some creative things with their business. And you all have a very interesting catering business. Talk to us a little bit about your catering business in Cleveland. By the way, before yeah, you get to, so, now, now walk, oh. walk a little lightly because you're talking to two uh, Baltimore Ravens diehard fans here. So you got to be a little careful how we go, but we, we're going to allow, we're going to allow it to pass for the next few moments. <laughs> so I just want to say the Baltimore Ravens were the original Browns. Oh, here we go. Okay. Me. All right. I'm already bored with this conversation. <laughs> Anyway, about squash and beef. So, yes, Squash the Beef is a vegan catering company in Cleveland, Ohio. We specialize in vegan comfort food. Um, So this was really birthed out of our own journey of becoming completely plant-based in 2017. And we noticed that there was a lack in the, to me, in the marketplace for good vegan comfort food. We would go different places and the only thing they would offer us is fruit and salad, which is not bad, but we like, we love, we're foodies and we love good tasting food, but we also understood the importance of being plant-based. And so we, you know, Curtis is the chef. He started coming up with different recipes and ways to make foods that we love, foods that we grew up with, traditional Southern American cuisine, like fried chicken, mac and cheese, collard greens, but he was making it completely plant-based without cholesterol, the animal fats, the things that are actually killing us. And so our mission is to really let people know you don't have to give up those culturally comforting foods that we grew up on. You don't have to give up on maybe the traditional um, ways of celebratory, you know, foods and we come together. The food is a centerpiece. But if we can offer you it in a way that won't hurt you, won't kill you, won't harm your body, and let the taste and the texture still be there, I think that's what's winning people over. So that's pretty much how our business got started. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying that y'all make plants taste like fried chicken? <laughs> yeah, Curtis, you can talk about that, but yes. <laughs> Curtis, I don't need you to talk about it. Talk, fried chicken fried chicken tasted plants. Come on now. You should have had them send up some samples, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got this one over here, mouth-watering. So one of the things that we do, we use a soy-based product. And we season it and batter it and make it taste just like fried chicken. Um, even uh, when we do our meatless meatloaf, we do the same thing. We take a lot of the, um, I, I try to combine a lot of different vegetables as well as the uh, vegan meat light products and put it in our meatloaf as well. And then I put a sauce on top of it and let it bake. I guarantee you, you won't think that you were eating um, plant-based um Meatloaf. So it's really good. Really, really. So so you guys decided you guys decided to take this journey and you decided to bring other people along in this journey. What was it that made you guys decide? I know you said you wanted to have the comfort food and stuff like that, but what is it? Have you seen the benefits of it as a result of doing it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're saying have yeah. you seen the benefit oh, of being vegan? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. Oh. I should have phrased that better. Oh, oh no, no, no. I- Absolutely. Um, And I'll share a little bit of my story and Curtis, you can too. So um, the reason why we got started, whether it was for more of the health journey when we Mm -hmm. became plant-based 
And for me, you know, I struggle with fibroids, like a lot of African-American women. I struggle. I had a couple tumors and things like that. And I really think it was linked to the dairy consumption. Like I used to eat cheese like it was going out of style. Mm -hmm. Um, And I noticed that like I had eczema, I had a lot of acne, like things were flaring up. And I was taking medication, doing all this. When I eliminated dairy, I have not had problems with those things. Mm. Um, and I'm like, you know what? My doctor wouldn't have told me this, but with my own search, I noticed like, okay, I don't have any fibroids. I didn't take any medicine. I just took the dairy out. I just took a lot of the processed hormonal foods out of my diet. Mm-hmm. And I started to see the difference with that. So like I said, with some people... I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I would never tell someone like, oh, this will do it. But those little changes I've noticed in my own health. Wow. Wow. And Curtis, you said you had a a side of the story yourself. Right. So for me, uh, why I did it was because my mom passed away in 2017, a heart failure. Candace and I and her family decided to do this, uh, I thought it was a, just a challenge, a 15-day challenge. Mm-hmm. They were talking about it for a lifestyle. I was like, I'm not doing this for a lifestyle. I only can do two days, really. <laughs> but during the process of the 15 days, Candace used to get really upset at me. And she would be like, Curtis, because I'll be angry because I can't get that fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, just eat chicken. I said, no, I'm going to do it for 14 days. And on the 15 day, I'm going to get it. Well, by the time day 10 came, I was like, oh, this is not bad. So when day 14 came, I was just like, oh, I do it just one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. And it just continued to happen. I've just been on this journey since. But on the flip side of that, I've always struggled with high blood pressure since I was a sophomore in high school. I played football. I wrestled. So a lot of times they used to tell me, just cut off the starch, cut off some of the sodium, your blood pressure will drop. So um, anytime that we um, had football um, physical or wrestling physical, I just made sure I backed off some of those things so I could pass my physical. Not knowing that uh, if I would have just took the meat and the dairy out, my blood pressure would have... stay normal. So in 2017, I went to the doctor. Um, I think my blood pressure was uh, 169 over uh, 110. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. So I did the plan. I started it. Then by the time 2019 came, I went and did the physical and I already had an excuse in my head what I was going to tell the doctors if they said my blood pressure was crazy. Um, and they was like, Mr. Williams, your blood pressure is uh, 110 over 72. Wow. I was like, what? Wow. I was like, oh, oh, oh. So they was like, oh, I'm going to bring you back um, in two weeks, check it again. And it was like 112 over 80. Wow. So I was like, I saw the benefits. Yeah. I saw the change. In my own personal life. Sure. Wow. No, I appreciate that. So you guys are in Cleveland, and um, you're, you're a catering business. You made it known that you're not so much, you don't have a restaurant yet, right? Or is that in the plans in the future one day? Are y'all hoping to have a restaurant? Yeah, I think that's a long term. I mean, to be a restaurant owner, it requires pretty much like all your time. We have small children. You know, we can't make that commitment. But what we are doing is the catering. Okay. and um, the food trailer. 
Okay. Okay. So catering, you in the Cleveland metropolitan area? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the food trailer, what's that? Yeah. So that will allow us to be more transient and to have people that have access. So it really would be out in the community. Our trailer is there on special events. We will also do, um, you know, concession. We have a lot of big events coming into Cleveland. So we'll use our trailer for a concession and we do pop-ups too. So we pop up all over Cleveland at different various places. So people can always have our food the day of and try it and get individual portions. You guys were actually in uh, in Maryland not too long ago, and I actually just couldn't coordinate the mix-up because you, you had some, some kale lemonade. So do you sometimes visit mm-hmm. other cities and, and kind of let them taste some of your products and stuff like that? Yes, we do. So we try to do uh, come to different cities and do pop-ups there as well. When uh, Before COVID hit, we did pop up in different cities and do different festivals and fairs and stuff like that. Okay. And so we could probably, if we follow you on Instagram at Squash the Beef, is it Squash the Beef, at Squash the Beef Catering or at Squash the Beef? Beef. It's at Squash the Beef Catering. Yep. yep. We're on Facebook at Squash the Beef Catering. Our website is SquashTheBeefCatering.com. Um, we love the DC, DMV area, so we hope to be there quite a bit. Um, so trust me, if you keep following us, we will see what will pop up soon. All righty. Candice and Curtis, we are looking forward to you guys coming to um, Baltimore when we celebrate our uh, Super Bowl win. Um, <laughs> we really appreciate the Baltimore Ravens. We really appreciate Squash the Beef coming for that. Thank you yes. so much. We appreciate you in advance. In advance. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, we appreciate oh, you man. all spending, spending Saturday with us, and uh, we wish you all the best, and we will definitely be uh, seeing about squashing the beef in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Mike. Thank, thank you Oh, my gosh, you are so there. welcome. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Y'all enjoy the yes. rest of your day. You too. Follow the Headspace with Dr. Mike Show on all social media platforms at Headspace DM. We want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show. We also value what's important to you and your community. DM your show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook. The next time you log on, you may hear Dr. Mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart. Squash the beef. You know what I enjoy about you, Christy? I love it because you like to throw the, the you you can be just as shady as I can be, and I love it. You know, you have to do that. You know, the whole original, you know, Browns thing. I had to come back with something. I said, I'm yeah. going to sit here and wait, be patient. I'm going to listen, listen intently <laughs> to the whole interview, and then at the end, I'm like, ugh, jam. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Well, anyway, it was great hanging out with uh, you all today, Head Spacers. I tell you what, that, you know, they really brought up something that kind of thought to me, a lot of times we have ailments in our body and, you know, a lot of times we go to the, in other places they call it the chemist, the pharmacy, you go to the doctor mm-hmm. and stuff, but sometimes it's as simple as maybe let's see what I can pull out. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize, you know, especially with all the hormones that are put into different foods and, and I haven't quite, I haven't quite journeyed to the the vegan side of things, but I have come to appreciate. Absolutely. The substitutions. I'm, I'm still, I, I still just hold on to that steak and the yeah. chicken, but it's like, oh, but I probably would experience so much better something if I kind of embraced it a little more. How about you? Yeah, my uh, my mother-in-law is a vegan. 
Mm. And so it's always challenging when we get together for, you know, food for, for holidays because we have to make sure that we have something for her as well. Uh, but I definitely can see the benefits, that there are benefits there. And I have tried quite a few vegan specialties, and some of them have been outstanding. Others, not so much. They stay, They taste like they were in the ground at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So they, I'm just like, you know. I'm still growing. I, I'm, listen, prove me wrong. You know, give me the meatloaf, <laughs> the meatless meatloaf that tastes like meatloaf. I, I'm, I'm ready to be proven wrong. But right now, I just can't see it. I remember when somebody told me about They were like, oh, cauliflower pizza tastes just like it was. What's the name? I was like, I'm sure it doesn't. And they said, no, it does. You didn't do it. I had cauliflower. I said, it tastes like cauliflower with some tomato sauce and cheese and yeah. pepperoni on it. And <laughs> but I understand it. I get it. I'm not mad. It, as long as you go into it knowing that that's what it is. Right. You know, don't tell me it don't it don't taste like dough. It don't taste like bread. Like it it's not like you know that I what I do like is the cauliflower, the buffalo cauliflower. Oh yeah, that's delicious. Very good. But don't tell me it's gonna be like a wing. It don't taste like a wing. No, it does not. It's not a wing. It's it it has it don't crunch like a wing. It just it crunches <laughs> like cauliflower. <laughs> it could be good, but it's just not. Yeah, it's just not the same thing. Right, so right. don't 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 go around saying, Oh, this is gonna taste the same. Nah, it don't do that. <laughs> Well, anyway, it was great hanging out with you all, Headspacers. I wish you all the best that God has for you and then some. And uh, until next time, peace. Thanks for tuning in to Headspace with Dr. Mike. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Headspace DM to continue the dialogue with other Headspacers regarding today's show. Everyone is filling their Headspace with something. The question is, what are you filling yours with? Tune in next week. Music